Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What is goody, Hot breath Verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and on this show, we have interviewed over 400 comedians about the craft of comedy. And most recently, we did a comedy author series where we interviewed all the top comedy authors in the game. And now this episode is our biggest takeaways from those interviews. So all of them are linked in the description of this episode for you to take advantage of and learn from. And this clip is from our weekly live stream we do every single Tuesday on our YouTube channel called Hot Breath Live, where we do joke feedback, we break down comedy specials, and so much more. So be sure to join us and subscribe over on our YouTube channel for more exciting live streams. But let's get into this one, as there is only one thing left to do. Oh, and by the way, there is some light roasting and things that you would want to see the visuals to see what we're actually making fun of. But I digress, as there is now only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath. With hot brethren Yoshi So, Bo Johnson, and me. Yeah, we had John Vorhouse, Greg Dean, Judy Carter, Scott Dickers. Speaking of Greg Dean, I just looked in the uh, in the green room and he's still talking. (laughs) (laughs) He's passionate. He's passionate. He's a passionate person. I want. I do want to get like him and. Uh, Jerry Corley together. I want to do like, like a like a head to head like comedy debate. I just want to get them back together and see what happens. As as interesting as that interview was, the thing that people don't know is we turned the cameras off, and that's probably the part that they should have seen. Is Joel and I like texting each other like, how do we get him to stop? How do we get out of here? He's very <laughs> loquacious. Just like talking, yeah. This is good. Yeah. He, he enjoys comedy. That's yeah. what happens when you. Oh, he does. Comedy. He does. He does. But, but yeah, it was so, good. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was really good. It was good. It was interesting. Scott Dickers, Steve Stephen Rosenfield, Steve Scott, North, right? Lane Fetterman, Judy Carter. Judy Carter had to be the most interesting one because you know Jerry Seinfeld has the uh, comedians getting coffee in cars. And we had comedy advice going to the dentist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anybody that did not actually see that, somehow we got to get that posted. Uh, we Judy Carter took us down the, the L.A. freeway giving comedy advice on people's jokes. Yeah. Yeah. She gave a lot of joke feedback. I feel like we could bring people back just to do joke feedback because, like, her episode oh, exactly. answered some questions, but also it was a lot of like people posting jokes and her giving feedback, which was super valuable. Definitely. That's, she laughed that's at one of mine. Just saying. She liked yours. I'm, Actually, I, I want to say she did say she wanted to come back. So. Standing Jolvation. Um, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is all literally and fun. I, I've been doing comedy too long to know that she is fickle. And if you get too comfortable, she's going to pull the rug out. And I've got a few big shows this week that I do not want to risk 
<laughs> me in the middle of bombing and remembering. Oh, remember on Hot Breath Live when you were standing Jolvation? So, Mudit Burma. Well, I don't want to blow up your. I don't want to blow up your ego because after this show, I know you have to. You have to go see Caramel, and um, <laughs> I don't want her getting mad at you. And I don't. She'd be like, uh, "You've been talking to Bo again." Amen. <laughs> preach, preach. So what we want to do here, honestly, is like there's so much information to unpack in these episodes. And I, I honestly think it's yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a book within itself. I don't hate that idea either. I don't hate that idea. Well, I mean, so the interesting part is and if anybody has not actually gone and listened to all of it. There's so much advice in each of them. And then there's moments where if you're taking notes, you'll start to see where two or three of them start to say the exact same thing. Okay. Like one of the big commonalities is if your attitude and your emotion is not there, you're not going to get the laugh. If your joke is supposed to be happy, but you look like help me, I'm being held against my will. Prepare for the bomb. Oh, yeah. Not going nowhere, you know. And that that was the big, big commonality is attitude and emotion. Even if you don't want to be there, you got to put on it because if you're not, if you don't put it in there, you're it, it, you're done. So you 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 have to your joke has to have an emotion, but your delivery also has <clears throat> to express that same emotion. Right. It has to express it. You know, um, it has to be there. Jerry actually at one point said, you know, when when he was writing with George Carlin, Carlin said, just raise your eyebrows. Like, you'd be surprised on how far that goes. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's like so much sold in the face. Um, like, <laughs> so many people said, this is where you make the money. You know, that's a big, that's a, a, a big Vince McMahon and a wrestling thing too. Like, this sells the money. You know, uh, this yeah. makes the money. Is that I why you're hiding your face with that beard? You don't like money? You're like... Uh, I got lazy. And, uh... Yeah. No, it looks, it looks good, man. No, it looks good. I'm just giving you a hard time. So, yeah, that, that's, a big, that's a big one for sure. Yeah, making sure that there's emotion around your joke in the writing, but also in the delivery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when you're writing this, you actually have to start thinking... Okay, what is the emotion? Because that's actually one of um, Jerry's things is the emotion, his, you know, the teaser. Um, and the E in teaser, the first E is emotion. And if it's not there, you know, then what's the point? Yeah. Because you can tell the joke all day long, but, and which will actually kind of help with your, eventually, your character persona, which we can discuss later. Is, but if that emotion's not there, you know, because I mean, go. We actually discussed this with I forget which comedian it was. But if you look at Lewis Black, if he just stood there and did a rant and just didn't, you know, if he did a rant in the style of um, no, like Stephen Wright, yeah, if he did, if he if if he went up there and did those rants like Stephen Wright, nobody's gonna show up. But yeah. people show up, and and Lewis Black admits it. You show up because of the emotion and the character that I that I do this. In. And it took him a long time to find that character, but 
his emotion is what really sells that joke of that explosive annoyance with everything around him. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned uh, the persona because I had people in the Hop Retiverse like send in recordings of their big takeaways. And a few people mentioned the persona being their biggest takeaway is being able to like match like what they're saying with how they appear to the audience essentially, you know? Right. Right. And you know that, and like with the persona piece and developing your persona, developing your character, that's where things get interesting because like Jerry and Scott said the exact same thing. Like if you want to find out who person you are, go talk to like strangers and see who am I? And then that's who you are. Whereas like Steve North was like, you know, these qualities of you then go opposite whatever these qualities that you have you're angry you're you know whatever then you go opposite so they have like different takes which is find your path take the advice but also find your path but you know if if you're looking for that persona the big thing in persona though don't rush it if you're in your first year don't worry about that learn to write a joke <laughs> yeah, not saying you can't write a joke but I would say you should, you should do that in your first 10 years. Learn to write yeah. a joke. Learn, which is interesting because a couple of them, especially Stephen uh, Rosenfield said, don't be afraid of the diversity of your joke. Like if you're just mm. standing there doing one-liners in your first year, but you've not explored storytelling or anything else, don't worry about the persona. Go explore this stuff. You might find what you like. You know, sure. and which is something I really did take away because I tried the one liners and other things. I, me, I fit like so easily in the storytelling that I'm comfortable with it. And mm -hmm. I try to write one liners and then stick them in there. Um, but going that whole one liner thing, I've tried it and I know, I know that's not my thing, but I can say I tried, it. you know, I was, I was diverse in defining who I am. Yeah. It's, I, I, and I, I started with just one-liners and I, I think that's tough now with there's more comedy information than ever, you know, and we're big, we're probably, I will say a big part. We're probably the part and reason why that is, um, you know, whether through our content or what we're doing has inspired other people to, you know, steal the idea, uh, is really, no, it's, it's all love, but what what it really comes down to it, it it all takes time you know what i mean i think that's a big takeaway from this as well is it's like we hear all this information we're like oh i just unlocked the secret to comedy but it's like you literally have to now go apply each of these things like incrementally and refine them and make them your own you know it's not like you hear this and now all of a sudden you figured out comedy it's like now you have to do it you know yeah it's yeah. which is the big commonality too it's you know the thing that we preach a lot with hot brothers do the work, right? Perform, repeat. Kind of like, kind of like washing your hair. Rinse, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Comedy's the same way, right? Perform, you, repeat. You wash your hair. <laughs> yeah. When you said wash, I just saw Yoshi's face be like, "What?" This okay, so, so two of us wash our hair because two of us have hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, perform, repeat. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. once you start to get that and then you start um, developing, like you're getting funnier, you're getting those reps, as Joel would say, those reps, 
then you'll start to find that persona piece. Yep. But first, it's that, that big commonality that everybody's discussed. It's right, right. You know, I like what Scott Dicker said. It was, um, you know, those days you don't feel like writing, write anyways. Because yeah. what, you know, his words were what? Are you too good for this? Are you and that was my question. I asked right. him, like, what do, what, do, what do I do if I don't feel like writing? And he's like, oh, you don't feel like writing. You don't Aww. feel like writing. He, he literally. Oh, by the way, speaking of Scott Dicker's big takeaway, don't be a Nazi. There was a big moment there where, yeah, there was a big lesson. Of, don't be a Nazi. And I was, he was, I was afraid he was talking to me from how I look. Now, now people that are watching that did not, that did not listen to that. Wondering, they're going, don't be a Nazi. What was that about? Now you have to go back and listen. You've got to go back and listen to it. And yeah, I'm not going to tell you at which point he says it. But there's a discussion about don't be a Nazi. And yeah. actually, it's don't be an effing Nazi. Yeah. Like, he put it out there. like you know. And he may or may not be joining me on my Q&A tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So just set your alarms. You know, actually, he was the, he was the other person who said he wanted to come back and uh, do some things. Oh, yeah. He'll be back tomorrow on my Q&A hmm. awesome. that I do nice. at 5 p.m. on this YouTube channel. Right on this Is YouTube that channel. Nice. I mean, I mean, twenty thousand subscribers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we out you. Yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It really was. Did you have any others? I had. I have. A, I have a few. Um, from um the Hot Breath of Verse. You guys want to hear Perfect. some of their takeaways? Please. This one comes from across the pond. From Mr. Harry Pike. He had a goodie. Oh, wait. Why am I on? Why am I in the background? Why is that the case? Wait, what's happening? Wait a minute. Why am I here? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see Harry Pike, but I also see you, so. Maybe if I do this. There we go. It's good enough for this free show. All right. I'm just kidding. I love you all. Here's what Harry had to say from across the pond. Yes, Joel. It's your friend Harry, all the way from Wales. Uh, I absolutely loved the Scott Dickers episode in the author series. It really made me consider all the different ways that you can diversify in comedy, the different avenues you can take through writing, through performing. <clears throat> and the other point that he made that I absolutely loved is don't try and recreate something that's already been done. Create something new. Create something fresh. Excellent advice. Loved it. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. If I if I remember correctly, that came when um, Bob was uh, he was kind of nerding out because he he looks at Scott Dickers as a god, and he wanted to know how he could become a. Um, a writer at the onion and scott said why do you want to become a writer at the onion why don't you just go do your thing mm -hmm. which was like i mean that was a mesmerizing statement but if i remember correctly that's when that one came about yeah. which is true because you can't be as comics joel cannot be the next steve martin joel can only be the next joel Yoshi cannot be the next Dave Chappelle because I don't know if, if Yoshi can handle getting beat up or not. 
Um, which, funny? by the way, by the way, Scott Dickers, I actually put it, I actually kind of typed it into the, to the YouTube spot, but uh, one of his, one of the things that actually Scott Dickers said was comedy, because it was about cancel culture. I asked him about cancel culture. Comedy has to have teeth. If you're not offending anyone, you're not doing it right. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's got to be, you've got to punch down to somebody, but there's just got to be a universal sort of rule that whoever you're punching down to, you're allowed to punch down to. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the key with comedy is somebody's going to be the brunt of your joke. And usually what helps is if you're the brunt of the joke, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about this all the time on the joke feedback is like, if you talk about your wife, don't make her be the bad guy, make you the bad guy for Mm -hmm. recognizing something that you don't realize. And that's a better way of taking the joke rather than making her the bad guy because no one knows her because no one sees her. They are seeing you. So I think that that's a good point. It's just, you, you have to have a target to some degree, but I think, you know, I, I, even the thought of like, we're all getting canceled just feels lazy. <laughs> it's like, and so <laughs> whatever, just do comedy. We've always been getting canceled. You know, people have lost jobs before. That's always happened. I think we're just in the world now where it's just so much easier to see people not getting opportunity or being denied opportunity when that has always happened. (laughs) We just didn't see it. And the good thing about where we're at now in comedy, and that's why I talk about it so much on Hot Breath, is like creating your own success, creating your own own opportunities. A prime example, Scott Dicker's, Telling someone, you don't want to work for The Onion. You want to create your own version of The Onion or create your own thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we all have the tools to do that. It's just who's willing to put in the work to actually make it happen is is the differentiator now. It's who's willing to put in the work. Right. Facts. Facts. Right. Let, let's do a few. I got two more for y'all from uh, the Hot breath verse The next one here is from Denise <laughs> all the way out in Chi-Town. Let's see what Denise has to say about the author series. Hello, Hot Breath of Earth. This is Denise Medina in Chicago. And my takeaway from the comedy author series was listening to Steve North talk about finding your persona. Um, The way he broke down flaw, blind spot, attitude, and agenda, and gave real-life comparisons such as Rodney Dangerfield and Anthony Jeselnik. Um, I had never heard those terms before or not quite the way that they were described. And so it started to make a little more sense for me because that's something I struggle with is finding my persona. So hopefully this is going to be a big help to me. And um, I really appreciate it. Hot breath of verse. Thank you so much, Joel. Hot breath of verse. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Persona. Yeah. The the Steve North. um, And the reason I ended up contacting him is because I actually took his one day class. And it was so in depth that when we when we uh, started doing this, I knew I had to get him because he had the book on it. You know, he's he teaches these things. Uh, to my knowledge, he still teaches classes now. So um, to Denise, I would say sign up for one of his classes and take it. It's actually it's absolutely amazing because he will take time with you um, to develop, help you with your character. And if it's not working after a while and you email them, they'll have no problem trying to help you out. 
Like he, he, Steve is a really, really good guy. Really nice guy. Um, <clears throat> I've had several conversations with him. He's, he's just fantastic to work with. Yeah. And even in the interview, he was very thorough in answering questions and like making sure people understood the process, but it's, it's, I think this is a good time to also bring up, like Denise said, I'd never heard these terms before. And like, she's like, I, I think they'll really help out. And now it's like, okay, now it's time to apply those incrementally and see what sticks and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And really make that feedback and those insights your own and apply them to your own comedy and what comes natural to you and your sense of humor. Cause he does share a lot of information and structure in that interview, but it's like kind of digesting it one bite at a time and applying it one kind of technique at a time to really Frankenstein your way into your persona. Cause it takes time. Right. Yeah, it, it does. It does take time. You know, this isn't one of those <clears throat> when you, when you build a character with, with Steve, if it's not working after like a third time, that doesn't mean quit. Like it takes time to get used to what you're trying to do. You know, like, you know, rest in, God bless him, rest in peace, Gilbert Godfrey. That wasn't him. That was his character. Mm. That loud, obnoxious guy. That was a character. If you actually like listen to, uh, he actually had a, he had a documentary on Hulu several years ago. And when you hear him just talk, like person to person, he's a totally different, <clears throat> totally different person. Mm. Um, and even the way he talked was different. So don't, so I say that to go back to when you put that character together, um, don't quit just because it's not working after three times. It will take time. It'll take time to get comfortable in it um, and to really get it over. You know, some of us, don't have the 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 natural thing like you know like jim brewer jim brewer naturally looks like a stoned idiot that is his character you know so he had it naturally um whereas other people it's going to take you a while so yeah i mean i didn't even start thinking about it and i mean till very recently like yoshi said at the beginning of this is like you know get funny for 10 years and then figure out your persona you know i mean <laughs> I didn't even right. think about my persona until very recently or how I'm coming off to the audience, but I think it does help you find writing direction when you are more self-aware of how you're appearing to the audience, how you're coming off to the audience, you know, cause now I can make youth pastor jokes and things like that, knowing how I'm coming off to the audience, but I didn't even consider it for a while. It was just all writing and performing. So it's, yeah. it's all a process though. So just, Give yourselves a break and just yeah. kind of build it on stage one set at a time. And it just, it just takes time. I mean, yeah. I also think like, don't pursue trying to find your persona. I know that's a hard take, but your persona will find you. Based on your mm. I really think that I really think like, I think, you know, after you're doing comedy for such a long time and you're on a lot of stages, guess what? People are going to come up to you and be like, yo, that joke about like, you know, I think we mentioned it, we were on a show together and you mentioned something about the HOA joke sort of opened up the room. Yeah. But that's, I knew that based on having worked HOA rooms and working rooms that like where that resonated with the crowd. But that's because someone came up to me after the show and was like, yo, 
that HOA joke, that really hit me. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it hits me too. Let me expand on this HOA stuff, right? And so, and I think that's part of like the feedback. Like, don't forget, like your audience is always also going to give you feedback on what they're hearing from you um, as well. Not just random people. I think random, not random people, but like your comedy friends and your, you know, people who you know will tell you. But, you know, my kids don't know I'm like big into HOA and my comedy. But when I'm doing the jokes at, about the HOA at certain suburban shows, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I get it because I hate my HOA too. Mm-hmm. And so I think just working your own material, but finding, you'll find your voice through your material. So I think it's important just work your material. And the audience will help you find your persona. Yeah. They're yeah, a key and, ingredient and, in finding it. And the definitely don't ingredient. put yourself on any kind of timeline to find it. You know, just because we're saying five yeah. years or 10 years, uh, it took Louis Black longer than that. He finally came across it after I don't know how many years. I, I know it was longer than 10. Uh, I remember the story. He came across it by accident in Chicago and finally figured it out. George Carlin, if you look at the, the career of George Carlin, his, his character, his persona changed. He had three different – the beginning he was one. In the, set, in the middle part of his career, he was the hippie, and then he was the yeah. angry old man. Like, it changed. But I will mm-hmm. say the best – one of the best stories I've heard about coming across your character was Larry the Cable Guy. You know, Larry the Cable Guy is a complete character yeah. on stage. If you hear him off stage, he, he's actually pretty smart. He doesn't sound like he does on stage. But he came across it by accident. Um, I heard him tell a story. You know, he just got on stage one day and just to do this one bit of, you know, I look like the kind of guy that would come to your your house and be like, hey, anybody order cable? And it was Jim Brewer and a couple other SNL guys that told him that's a character. That's an SNL character. That's a total skit. That should be on TV. Larry the Cable Guy is born. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay was a, a small character in his set <coughs> that he then made this entire persona that was then selling out Madison Square Garden, you know? And it came sure. through, yeah, the audience really resonating with something about him and just building on that. Um, Roseanne's oh, was by accident. Say what? Roseanne, Roseanne's character became uh, a character by like just a couple jokes in the middle of her mm-hmm. career. And then it shot off into... That's who she was. She was that trailer track or trailer mm-hmm. park wife, stay at home wife, and then she becomes this you know big star on TV. But it was an accident. It just it came to her. So yeah. don't definitely don't rush it. You know if there's stuff you want to play with, fine, but don't don't rush it. Don't push it. Don't um, yeah. let it happen. A few sure. of the authors said it can help to ask people what they think of when they see you, you know, that can be a good starting point, but a lot of it is like, yeah, doing material on stage, what is working and then start to build it that way. But Frank said, that's a refreshing tip because he's been doing comedy one and a half years and is feeling frustrated because he can't find his persona. Yeah. It's definitely don't look for it yet. Don't look for it yet. Explore your jokes, explore. I would suggest not to like, just say just one particular person author go watch all of our authors and then get their book but i have to say 
if there was any two books I can recommend to a person, get Jerry's book because he covers it all. And Steven, he covers it all. He'll cover he'll cover your your career from beginning to your to your pay-per-view special or your HBO special to your downfall and then you rise back up. <laughs> like he covers your he covers the whole spectrum. It's like great, I'm doing an open mic. Great, I have an HBO special. Great, I'm broke and I gotta figure out how to do this again. And now you're back on the rise. But like sure. both of them, they're the the biggest thing that they both were is just learn the comedy, learn the game, learn how to write and write better and write better and then put in the work. If year and a half, like I'm only in year four, I still don't know it. Like, I just, I'm still working on it. So I, I don't think I know it. And I've been doing it 12 years. <clears throat> like, I don't, I don't think I'm like, oh, I know what my persona is and how I can filter my material through it and all that. I mean, honest, and I, but honestly, I don't give it that much power i guess or that much emphasis right. like i'm not actively studying it either i'm literally just like reacting to what the audience is reacting to and just building material around that and i think your persona will organically form through yes. that it's good to have this awareness of these professional instructors telling you these techniques you can do to help you get there but it still requires you to like get on stage <coughs> Figuring out how to be funny first, how to write a joke, how Max. to stand on stage confidently, because you Max. don't, it's like, if you're worried about your persona, then you're up on stage like, okay, what is my next yeah. joke? Okay, they didn't laugh at that one. What next? Oh, what is my persona? And like, it, 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 it's almost like overwhelming. So it's yeah, great it's to too be much. aware. It's a, great to be aware of persona, yes. but not yeah. to hang all of your comedy validation on like all right yes. what is my persona I think, cool i killed but i don't really know my persona i'm 12 yeah, years and i don't i don't know I, I always say you evaluate your persona off the stage that's when you're evaluating how you came off what happened all those things on stage you gotta work on the jokes man yeah <laughs> it's like the jokes and the delivery and the performance like that's the stuff that you work on and then you evaluate off stage and then you're like, okay, how can I bring my persona into my next set? All these things. But on stage, the jokes that that's number one, get them jokes, get those things out, get like, be funny. Yeah. And I think that's the key there. Um, and then, yeah, of course, work on your persona, but like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like that, you know, that's the thing. Is it's interesting because even Steve North did say, look, you don't even have to really have it. The persona no. kind of helps build your person, but you can be a joke teller and a comedian. Yes. Without and you it. don't have to have the persona. You can make it work. And there's plenty of plenty of people out there who you can look and say, okay, yeah. they're not really a persona or or a character, but there are those that do. So many comedians write irreverent. Right? Like right. how many irreverent comedians are there? Or how many comedians are doing a bunch of comparison stuff? What do you mean That's by that? Just, what does irreverent um, mean? Irreverent in the style, just like style, right? Just a style of comedy. And so I think to your point, the persona that we are so attached to, it's more just for us so we can feel good about it. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay. I just want to feel good about what I'm writing and all this other stuff. 
The reality is what people laugh at and what you think is funny, that is your persona at the end of the day. I mean, I I would honestly say, I don't think John Mulaney has a character. I don't think he's, I don't think he has a character or persona. He's just a damn good storyteller. Like he is a great, fantastic storyteller who is selling out right now and making money because he's perfected that art of, I can build a story, put in all the techniques, put in voices, put in comparisons, you know, put all that in and he's selling and he's mm-hmm. making. So if you find it, you find it. But the biggest thing is, are you making people laugh? And if you're doing that, let the others, let the others come when it comes. If it doesn't come, so be it. The biggest purpose is, is you're making people laugh when you're getting booked. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, and let's um let's get to uh some joke feedback as well, my friends. So do um do post your jokes here in the live chat, and I do want to play one more clip because it is topical from uh the Hot Breath of Verse, who talks about persona and kind of his struggle with it. I think it'll I think it'll help resonate with a lot of people here from Mister Alan Michael Harbour. Hello, Hot Breath of Verse. That this is, is Denise's <coughs> voice. Here's Alan's. My name is Alan Michael Harbour, and I'm a comedian in Northern Florida. My biggest takeaway from this series of authors and the Hot Breath podcast is the notion of comedic persona. Anyone who's done the most elementary research into how to be a comedian has heard this phrase, and from a lot of the advice I've read, it's usually listed as one of the most important things that you need to figure out right now if you ever want to make it in the the, uh, business. And that gives me a lot of anxiety because I mostly do one-liner jokes right now. And I look at comedians like Anthony Jeselnik, Dimitri Martin, Jimmy Carr, Stephen Wright, Gary Delaney, etc., etc. And they all have defined personas of one-liner comedians. And it makes me feel like I have to choose what I'm going to be right now. But through this series, I've learned different schools of thought when it comes to comedic persona. And one that resonated mostly with me was Steven Rosenfield, whose basic idea is that you tell whatever jokes you want from the very beginning of your career. And as you go, you chip away, add, or change what jokes you tell and how you tell them by listening to the audience's reaction. It's a slow burn, but it helps you figure it out. A few of the other authors, like Steve North, had similar ways, but they explained it in ways that just didn't resonate as well with me. They made it seem more immediate. So that, you know, gave me anxiety as well. Like in just another way of saying, you have to figure it out right now, but I like the slow yeah. burn. So nice. in the end, I guess the biggest takeaway was that I have to keep being reminded of, and will probably be reminded of again in the future. is that there's no single way to do comedy. You have to find your own path, but again, it helps to know how other people do it. Very mic cool. drop. Mic drop. Yeah. Alan Michael Harper just nailed it right there. There you go, kids. Bow, 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 bow. Look, and to add to that with that whole thing is, and not to keep going back to the persona thing, but think about who you are in real life, and that could really help you out. Like, do you know even what Sam, who Sam Kinison was before he was Sam Kinison? He was a pastor. He was a pastor. So if you take all those those like Baptist pastor qualities 
and think about that, that screaming, the screaming, that emphasis and hitting it home. All he did was apply it to his comedy. You know, if it go back go on Netflix and watch uh, John Leguizamo's Latin history for morons. Mm. And he takes on the persona of a history teacher, like a high school history teacher. And because it's a one man show, it's comedy. It's a history of Latin America. And it is absolutely brilliant. And he dresses the part of a teacher. He acts like a teacher. He actually, there's a few parts. He says, hey, you got that wrong. That's a deferent. I need you to pay attention because this is going to be on the test. Mm-hmm. But he puts That's on funny. that persona because that was the special. So, you know, don't worry. My advice, again, don't worry about it. Be, right now, be you. Just be you. Write, perform, repeat. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. The biggest thing, make them laugh. I think Mr. Harbor said it best and like echoed a lot of people's concerns probably from this author series. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much information now. I'm worried, should I even do comedy? And then I think I think he nailed it in just saying yeah. like just one show at a time, one right. joke at a time, just build it incrementally. Like there's all these techniques and theories and classes and workshops and books, but you're going to learn what works for you by getting on stage at the end of the day. You know, you just, you can't outsmart the work. You've still got to get on stage and develop one show at a time. And that's the big takeaway for me with all this information you have access to. Don't forget it's one show at a time. It's one joke at a time. Give yourself a break. You're getting to pursue comedy, which most people are too afraid to do. So just enjoy the process. Yeah, I mean, and as you're listening to everything, my biggest advice is that you really can't sit and listen to these podcasts episodes just one time. Because it has been one year, Joel, since we did this. And, you know, over the last week, I had had to go back and listen to them because when when you text me about it, like, hey, we're going to do this episode, what do you remember? I was like, wait a minute. Because it was, it had been a long second half of the year, so I had to go back and listen to. It. I was like, "Wait a minute, he said this." I, I'm having to go back. I've listened to them all. I actually need to go back again and just take notes. Go through them. Go through them slowly, mm-hmm. like because there are a few like like Jerry, Judy, Scott, and Stephen. Those four are packed with so they pack ten pounds of sugar in a five pound bag. Sugar. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Look, actually, that saying is a little bit more vulgar, but I went with sugar because it was easier. They packed so much into these episodes that. Into my mouth, you mean? Mm. Kind of like that right there. Um, but it's packed with so much information that this is not a sit and get college class. And their books are the same way. You have to take your time reading through all of them. And if you get the, even if you do the Audible books, because a lot of them are on Audible, mm-hmm. you can't. It's not a sit and get. You're gonna have to back up and do it again, and listen to it again, or read it again, because it's that packed. I can tell you, I've read Jerry's book three times, mm. and I still to because I did take a few months off because I was just way too much and I was burned out. I 
I'm actually going back to read, start reading it again because there's just too much. The you know you and I interviewed him twice. Yeah. Within within like probably a six seven month span, and I'm finding myself I have to go back and listen to those things over and over because Jerry is just a lot of information. Yeah. But you can't be intimidated by it, and you have to realize like. It, Going back to Stephen's book, Stephen's book will give you the beginning of your career, the middle, your downfall, your rise back to fame, which is perfect. Don't take this as a sit and get and get intimidated because it's packed full. Take your time listening to it. Well, if people, write... people hearing this, how can they reach out to you, Bo? What's the best way to contact you if they hear this and are like, man, Bo did a good job on these interviews. I want to connect with him. As he he sips his coffee at six p.m. Um, smoke <laughs> smoke signals work pretty good. Um, <laughs> you're in our Facebook groups. I mean, you're yeah, I am in the Facebook group. Stuff. I'm on the you know I'm in the pro page. I'm in the the writing group. So you can find me, message me on on you know private message me or whatever. Um, like me, follow me. Um, just don't stalk me on Facebook. Um, so Facebook's the best Facebook. way. Facebook. Um, I do do a lot of conversating through Instagram. Doo-doo. I don't do Twitter as much. What's your Instagram? Um, it's all. It's at Guantanamo Bo. Guantanamo Bo. Guantanamo Bo. That's that's the name of my special. Guantanamo. No, it's at B Johnson Comedy on Instagram. It's everything's the same. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Venmo. If you want to send me some money. Um, <laughs> if you want to send him a haircut. Because now, 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 now I got to get a beard trim. Um, actually, I need a haircut because I want to look like Yoshi. So, no. <laughs> nice. That's going to be kind of hard, though. Uh, you, know, you know, hey, you might want to send me money because I think I, I think I need to start working on season two this summer. Yeah, this we're, we're going to cook up another one of these for sure. But I appreciate your help with this, Bo. We're going we're gonna to jump hmm. in and do some joke one feedback. One last thing, though. Yes. One last thing. Something that Steven Rosenfeld said. If you bomb... Don't worry about it because it's probably the chemistry. If your chemistry is not working with the audience, like there's places in towns that I don't do well in, but I do well in others. Mm-hmm. And it's the same material. Either you are off that night or it's just the chemistry. Don't kill yourself and definitely don't blame the audience. It's just something between the two of you. It's just, it's like it's like a relate a girlfriend, you know, whatever relationship. Sometimes that chemistry's not there and you gotta part ways. Don't get intimidated. Don't don't beat yourself up. Just keep going to the next show. Write, perform, repeat, video record, everything. Uh, dab it out. Dab it out. Well, dab us out there, Bo. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, Bo. Thank, Thank you, you for your help Thank making this happen. Hey, Thank you more together. than anything, Joel, because you gave me the platform. I never would have thought of doing a podcast. You know, I did a few of the interviews with you, Angela Johnson. Um, and then I started doing my own, a few of them. And, and you're like, this you is hard. You gave me the platform, and now you let me do this. And so it's been fantastic. Of so course. I gotta More to come, though, Johnson. You. More to come, my friend. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Bo. And um, so. Thanks, keep up the great work. Thanks, yeah. Bo. Guantanamo Bo is in the Guantanamo building. Bo. Peace out, hey, buddy. That's the first special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have a good night, buddy. We'll see you, man. Bye.
There you go, hot brethren and sistren. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We just passed 20,000 subscribers, and our goal this year is to hit 50,000. And with your help, we will make that happen. Thank you for all your love and support, hot brethren and sistren. And we will be right back here next Monday on... Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.